Happy Mentor Monday, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Mentors on the Mic podcast. If you're new to the podcast, this is your guide to pursuing a career in the entertainment industry, as well as the inside scoop sometimes on your favorite films, TV shows. My guests include directors, producers, network executives, showrunners, actors, and more, focusing on how they started, how they made it in the industry, and any tips they've learned along the way. So we have a very special episode today with Courtney DeLugas, or you might know her on social media as Courtney Michelle. She's an actress, producer, and content creator. We get this. She has 127,000 followers on Instagram, which, by the way, she went up like about 20-something thousand in only two months. She has about 450,000 followers on TikTok with over 20 million likes. In this interview, Courtney talks about how she started creating her hilarious videos in social media, acting in fun, creative content that she comes up with herself. So this is an actress who creates and acts every day online. But she does it on her own terms. She has all the agency. She doesn't wait for people to give her roles. She creates them for herself. And some of these videos are now sponsored, where brands pay her to create her own content to promote their brands. Her work as a storyteller is on her own terms. Courtney also talks about how her vulnerable videos, shared with humor, are some of the most popular and impactful and garner the most messages from her audience, both as comments and as direct messages. She also talks about being reposted by celebrities like Lena Dunham and how she never expects like the videos that do really well or go viral, if you will. She never really expects that from those videos. It's always the ones that go viral are always the ones that surprise her. And it's a great dive into creating your own content, pushing past your fears and insecurities, and creating stories on your own terms. And also as a little side note, I forgot to make sure my mic was connected to my recording platform. And so my audio is not quite as beautiful as I would have liked or quite as normal. Like it's not, doesn't sound like my normally sound. So just heads up on that. So without further ado, here's Courtney Michelle DeLugas. Hi, Courtney. Welcome to Mentors on the Mic. Thanks for being here. I am thrilled in my boots to be oh, here. Oh, <laughs> I appreciate that. I've been following you for quite some time now, um, much at the behest of, uh, I think, originally from our friend Caitlin, who introduced me to you. And I was like, oh, she is so good. Um, and then this was just a natural fit for me to eventually ask you to be on. So thank you for thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Oh my gosh, thank you for all the flattery. I, I definitely I needed continue. that this morning. Thank you. I will continue to flatter, so just get ready. Um, Great. But Buckle I'd up. like to always start with the same question because I'm boring and this is how I like to start these. But what was your <laughs> first role in the industry? No, I love I love a consistent I love a consistent queen, as the kids say. It's called stability. Um, my first job in the industry. I guess I guess my technical first job was like as an extra. Or background, yeah. sorry. Yeah. It's like a background person. I was living in Miami. I mean, I did like theater and stuff as a kid, but I didn't get paid yeah. for it. So I don't even count that. I, yeah, um, I agree. But those are uh, great. Those are important too. I had those too. Oh my gosh. So molding and wonderful, but um, zero dollars. I think I was living in Miami and I, I had like a group of friends that were actors and they were doing a lot of like background acting. And Miami used to be a little more of a thriving industry. I think I caught it like the very tail end. Um, where there was like commercials and like one or Her two shows. Notice was there? I yes, think, yes, correct. That time, and there was there was some show and I forget. Greenland, Graceland. It's called Graceland. Graceland. I actually and like it that shot show. in Miami. And my friend was like, "Oh, this like background company does the background for this show that's on like I was on like TBS or one of those." And I was like, "Oh my god, it's like a real channel, <laughs> crazy." Um. And I was like, I've never been on a real set before. And so I just applied, I think you just applied like a photo or something. I don't even remember the, I think the it's process. It's super simple, I think. It's so simple. People don't realize yeah, how simple, simple it is. But yeah, and I, I got booked to be, I think it was like a Russian like sex traffic person, um, which I was like, typecast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but it was, it was really, I kind of dove in because um, it was a very, like background heavy day. 
Um, there's a lot of moving parts. And it was really cool to see like the art department, like making this thing and then the director doing his stuff and seeing what a first AD did. And because it was such a big set, I think I was like, oh my God, I love this. This yes. is so cool. The collaboration, um, everyone coming together and making this thing and everyone kind of being in their element and everyone being on, it just felt like everyone was at a 10 and there was so much optimism just like permeating the whole environment. Uh, I was like, this is my stuff, man. This is cool. And I got an agent and I kept going and then I booked like a little indie movie and off the heels of that, I was like, I'm going to LA, baby. This is what I'm doing. I quit my job and Went for it. Wild. Yeah. And so how long were you there? I was in LA. I moved. So I live in Nashville now and I moved here during the pandemic. I moved here for a boy. Well, and for cheap rent. A little combo of the two. And it's beautiful there. Nashville's wonderful. Yeah. To me, it feels, this is someone else's phrase and I'm stealing it and taking credit. But they said because of the music industry here, it kind of has this feeling of of hope and it was, it's still like a dreamer city mm. the way that LA and New York are as well. Like I feel like there aren't very many other cities in this country that have that like dreamer feel. But because okay. there's so many musicians here, it's still kind of in the air and yeah. it still kind of like transfers over for the film industry, which I think is really cool. Ooh. It's a great way to describe it. It makes a lot of sense, actually. So you were in L.A. for quite some time and before moving to Nashville. What was life like there? Tell me about, like, hitting (laughs) the pavement, being an actor. Mm. Well, so so I'm from West Virginia, and I moved to Miami to work in marketing. And I kind of fell into acting there, right? But it's a very – I didn't move there for the acting scene. And it just kind of when I fell in love with it. And it's a very small market. Like everything is pretty, like everyone kind of knows everyone to a certain extent. Um, and I was getting in, there's like four casting directors in Miami, right? And I had seen every single one of them, which like imagine seeing every single casting director in New York or LA. It's like, that's unheard of. So yeah. I really left Miami feeling like a big old big shot. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to go to LA. <sighs> CAA and William Morris are going to be fighting over me. I'm going to have to tear him off of me. <laughs> um, I really did think it was like, I'm going to go there and it's only going to be a few months until I'm whoever was the big star. I think Jennifer Lawrence was like the hot thing. I was like, oh God, all right, sorry, Jennifer, I'm coming for you. And, you know, plot twist, it, spoiler alert, it did not happen. And I think it took me a few years to be like, oh, this is a grind. This is a this is a big old grind and I love it. And it's uh I love the people involved and it's just gonna be a lot of ups and downs. And so I think I was really lucky in that I got a commercial agent pretty early on and I did a lot of commercials. And that kind of I think made me feel like I was an actor. Even if I wasn't getting booked on TV shows, I I was like doing fill in the blank commercial and I was on sets and I was going to auditions and Yeah. That made me feel like I was in it. And you are. Like, I mean, I'm not you saying are. commercials yeah. aren't. Yeah, I, I was. And I was paying my bills with it. And I had odds and ends jobs and stuff. So I was really lucky with that. But I had a really hard time, like, getting, like, booking other stuff. Like, I couldn't get a TV show or, like, a, a movie audition. And I would – I couldn't get an agent for a very long time. Because L.A. is such – L.A. is Hollywood, right? Um, there's so many – agencies and management companies yeah, and people who can convince you that they're wonderful. Yeah. And so I feel like I had that experience too, where I would, I would sign with these agents and these managers who I didn't really know any better. And I would end up doing these auditions that I didn't want to do. And Mm. I feel like I ended up in the beginning, I ended up doing a lot of stuff that I didn't want to do because I was like this person who, because they have the word agency after their LLC, they know everything. Exactly. They are the all-knowing. Yeah. And if they want me to have this audition, then, oh my gosh, it must be the best thing ever. And I think it took me a while to be like, no, I think let's start doing stuff that we actually want to do. Yeah, I know actors in LA that like are, you know, have told their representatives, I don't want to go out for commercials at all. Or yeah. I don't want to go out for this type of show at all. 
And and I think that they say it's like super empowering to have that, to have that knowledge of what works for them, what's tiring for them. Um, and I think about that sometimes to myself. I'll be like, you know, probably if I could, I would get rid of these type of auditions because it kind of only tires you out and it kind of makes you like the process a whole lot less. But it's also very scary to be like, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to audition for these things anymore. But there is something empowering about it at the same time. So it's definitely something to think about and consider for sure. I I think it's also too, as someone who I've hired actors just a couple handful of times, but yeah. I think in that hiring process, I'm like, I want to make sure that you are actually, you're not, you're never going to be as excited about my baby as me. But I want to make sure yeah. that you're excited about this project or else it's just not going to – like, I don't want you to present the project or do it for the yeah. money or whatever. Not that any of the people that I've hired are doing it for the money. But yeah. I think I think of that whenever I'm up for an audition or up for a job or whatever it may be. Like, am I going to present this project? Because that's not fair to the people who – this is their baby and they're so right. excited about it. So even if I feel – even if it's like a, oh, is it just my ego that's creeping in? Like, do I need to tell yeah. my ego to shut the up and just like stick it out and do it? No, like if you don't, if you're not excited about it, then that's, that can be contagious. And it's not fair to the people who created this and have brought this to fruition with their whole freaking heart. Yeah. That's kind of how well, I try, try to think about it. I love that. Well, let's touch on that for a second, specifically and like you hiring people and stuff. So so mm-hmm. just to get to that point, just to like fast forward a bit, but so you're, you're in LA, you're auditioning, you're working, you have these, you know, credits lining up and, and things are happening. Did you start creating content then, or do you start creating content more a bit like later when you moved to Nashville? When did you start going? I think I could just take up my own phone, my own device and start like creating stuff that I've come up with myself. When did that kind of start? You know what? I... I have so the as soon as I started acting, I also started writing. Like mm-hmm. the day that I like was I started auditioning, I started writing my own stuff. I think I've always been I just like writing. I'm not claiming to be good at it, but I just have always enjoyed it ever since I was a kid. So just yeah. like the essays you'd write at school, right? So that kind of they they worked in tandem. I just never got paid for anything that I wrote or anything right. like that. So when I was in LA, I was constantly writing stuff. Sometimes I would finish it. That was always there. But I think I was so – it took me a long time. I was really, really scared to put myself out there in that way. Yeah. It's so it's so vulnerable. It's incredibly vulnerable. And it's a different level. It's, it's, it's different being someone else's part or someone else's role, and it's different creating your own thing and then being like, okay, now I'm going to put it out there for people. To have their own opinions about, like – no, no, no. This is something that I created in my living room. Like, it wasn't even meant for you to see. I mean, it was, but it just, right. like, it's it's just so, like, it just breaks you open. So I think, and I think I really struggled with identity. And I think that's, like, you know, women in their 20s um, trying to figure out who they are. Cliche. But I think I really struggled with it for a long time that I'm this, like, blonde girl, but everyone was telling me that I was funny and that I should just be funny and other people would be like, no, you should, you should, you should do, you should model or do something with your fit. Like, I think I really struggled because I also grew up in very like redneck. Like, so there's like a, like a white trash to me that I really resonate with. And so like, it felt very contradicting to what other people would see in me. So I think I had a really hard time figuring out what to create. But I think this is like a very pivotal thing, this idea that there's so many people who do want to, I imagine, create their own work. There are Mm -hmm. a lot of people who, if they're not writers, they're creators, they're actors, they're they're people who like to be creative. And Mm -hmm. it is very difficult, as you said, to get over past that point of I'm nervous, but I have to do it anyway. So, so what made you, what could you remember? I mean, it doesn't have to be like a particular pivotal moment, but do you remember a moment where you were just like, this makes me nervous, but I'm just going to do it anyway. Because for some, for whatever reason you have cracked some sort of code, right? And what I mean by that is you've, you've gotten over that hump that is so difficult for 
an incredible amount of people, right? If you think of actors as all being creators in their own way, they're all creative. They're storytellers at heart. And yet mm-hmm. most of them do not put their own work out there, put their, put even just, I mean, a lot of what you do on, on social media is, is, is essentially acting by the way. I mean, it's all acting to me, but it's you creating these roles, even if they're only uh, 60 seconds long or whatever, but you're creating these roles and acting them out and putting that out there, which theoretically we should all be wanting to do for the love of acting, right? If we all came from this place of, I love to act and now I'm going to try to do it as for my like career, why are we all, and I include myself in this, why are we all, uh, you know, waiting for other people to cast us instead of doing what you're doing and putting up our work or, or acting or, or showing people that we can act every day? So do you remember that moment when you were like, this makes me nervous, I'm scared, or I'm, I'm afraid to do this, but I'm kind of just going to keep, I'm going to just do it? And when did it become a regular thing for you? Those are my questions. I'll stop there. I think it was several pivotal moments. I think it I think I needed a lot of turning points to get to the semblance of confidence that I have today being yeah. able to put stuff out there. I think it was I had I had a really great manager for a few years who I just kind of like stumbled into this big company and was going on all these big auditions and it was such a wild experience, but it was a management company that also did production. So my manager would have me write stuff and I think his initial like you you have a really distinct like voice of humor, you should need to be putting that somewhere. And I think that was a very, I mean, that's just like an external force of someone being. Believing you. Yeah. The the belief, um, the validation, uh, accountability. So that was really big. And then I'd, I'd seen a bunch of girls on like Instagram and stuff. Cause I feel like I don't know how you felt about it. There was definitely a period early on in my career where I was like, oh my God, I will never do Instagram. Oh my, absolutely not. (laughs) That's not what an actor does. I'm like, and I would be so pious about it almost Mm -hmm. just, or like whatever. I'd be like, well, that's not what, they're not real actors. They're Instagram actors. Yeah. But they're having fun and loving life and signed with these big agencies that mind you, I was obsessed with being with. Or, you know, doing videos with these like famous celebrities that I was like, that's so cool. But yes, I I would love to be creating stuff in that capacity, but so judgmental of it. And I think I saw there were just a few people that I remember seeing on Instagram before TikTok, before, you know, that era um, or this era, I should say, where I saw girls who felt like had the same sensibilities as me just being funny because it was again a conflict I was like Hmm. what do I what how am I allowed to be funny because I feel like there's there's people look at me and they want to maybe not like me and that's fine so I can only do comedy that is like a a villain, like someone that someone doesn't like, or I can only be stupid because I'm blonde, or I can only be making fun of myself. I think that was where I went in the beginning. I didn't know how to finagle that. And then I saw a bunch of girls just doing, talking about, doing jokes about their life being a woman. And I was like, oh, it has absolutely nothing to do with their blonde hair. You know what I'm saying? And I think that really opened my eyes. And I'm so grateful to all the women who did that. And I wish I had a single name to give you. And I don't. But I think that really helped. And then the biggest thing, and this is so underwhelming, but the biggest thing was literally one day I was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to make a dumb video. And it's going to be bad. And it's going to suck. And I'm just going to put it on Instagram. And I think it got like six likes. <laughs> Excellent. I love hearing that. And because that's real. It, yes. I think people think, okay, as soon as I'm going to do this, it's going to go viral and it's going to be amazing. And almost 90, 99% of the time, it's only shown to your community and it's probably six likes. Yes. That's just yes. the way it is. It is so. But you have to do, like, the only way that you will do it, and it sounds so redundant, but the only way that you'll do it is to do it. And I swear, every single time that you do it, it gets a little bit easier. Yeah. It really is yeah. exponentially, like, it opens up the access exponentially to you. 
That's like important. now, now I don't even think about it. I just go, I just shoot a video and I upload it and there's no stress. There's like, I don't even think twice about it. I used to be like, I'd show it to like every single person I knew and be like, is this funny? Is this stupid? Should I do this? Should I do that? If it didn't do well immediately, I'd be like, oh, delete. Like I can't have anyone see my failure on right. the world wide web, but it's all trial and error. I mean, I think it's funny because I... I've had friends that have gotten success on the internet so quickly just because of the landscape of it. Yeah. But I for, did my first TikTok video in like the fall of 2019. And I think people think that it's this quick thing, but I, st- I have like such slow growth on all yeah. of my platforms and I've just been doing it for so long. And I think because of that, it maybe gave me a better headspace about it, which was great. Yeah. But it's, it's slow. When did you start doing this regularly? When did you start going, okay, do you have like a, a, a schedule, if you will? Or is it kind of just like whenever something comes to mind, you shoot it and you put it out? Um, oh my gosh. I wish I had, like, here's my very regimented, beautiful it's little not schedule. It's not for everyone. I think, I mean, I like that idea. For the, for the most part, I try to shoot shoot and write, or I should say write and potentially shoot on Monday. And then I try to shoot the rest of the stuff on Tuesday nice. and for the whole week. But there are times where like I'm out at a girl, like my stuff that I do is very life-based. Yeah. So I'm at the grocery store and something specific happens. I'm like, this is an incredible video. I'm going to go do that video because it feels, I feel more passionate about that. Then I'll go home on Thursday and I'll, I'll do it immediately and I'll post it that day. So I think I'm, I try not to be as structured I try to follow yeah. kind of what I'm excited about putting out there. But it definitely is a like there are sometimes I put out videos and I'm like, I, I don't know if this is even that good, but there's a world in which I learn from it, or there's a world in which it resonates with like two people, and that's enough. That's that's all I care about, and that's what I did today. So I can either resonate with two people today or zero. So might as well be two people, you know? It's so good. It's yeah, and that is, I it's funny because I've been thinking a lot. You asked when I started taking it seriously or whatever the actual question was that I've now blacked out. But I think I think it took me two – there are two things. I think it took me a long time to, again, get over my – I feel like pious isn't even the right word. But like the the pretentious uh, judgment-ness that I had of social media, um, even as I was doing it, like judgment of myself. Um, and I think – I was like, no one's ever going to take me seriously if I take this seriously. That was kind of my thought process. And it showed like I, the, I would, my growth was not there and I just was not excited about it. And I would put out content that I'd be like, if, if Judd Apatow saw this, would he think that I was funny enough to hire in a movie as opposed to just Mm. catering to the, what the people on the platform want? Um, or following my own North Star, whatever that may be, in that moment. And so I think what that really did was made me think, well, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Like, what am I – why am I, do I, why do I create art in any capacity? What is the North Star? Because there needs to be something. Because we face so many decisions, and it's so hard to think critically about what's the next script we're going to write? Should we do this movie that's only going to pay a buck twenty-five or whatever it is? You know, do I want to fill in the blank, right? And I think for me, I had to, I was like, I want to, my whole thing is empathy. I'm an empath. <laughs> uh, but my whole thing is like, I want, if if this brings joy or it helps show empathy for literally anyone or helps unite and create a community and make people feel seen and heard, then that's that's a hell yes. And I think that was really helpful in what I was creating. That way I wasn't like, because I think comedy can get into kind of like making fun of people for views. For sure. And I think I didn't, I wanted to make sure I never did that. And so I would, every time I would do a video, I'd be like, all right, does it hit any of these things? Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. And so I think a lot of, once I decided to stop judging myself for what I was doing and that I'm actually, maybe I'm contributing a little bit to the world, you know? Who who would have thought? (laughs) But also, it, I mean, it's so much more than that, too. It's also, like, if you think about it, just kind of like the Judd Apatow example. I mean, he, I'm pretty sure he brought up Allison Williams as a possibility for Marnie and Girls because he saw her do this, like, random video where she sang in front of, like, a huge, like, 
whatever, 15-piece orchestra or something like that. Did you ever see that video? No. She sang some sort of song, and I, I remember reading something of Jed Apatow saying, yeah, I saw this girl, and I saw her singing in front of this thing, and I thought she'd be great for the show. Let's bring her in for girls. That's amazing. I mean, so you really, I mean, that was, that was her perform, like singing. Like it wasn't like, it wasn't even acting. It wasn't even like she was doing anything that like remotely resembled the character she went in for. Um, But there was just something about putting yourself out there in whatever capacity, I think, that allows people to see you in different ways. Right. And I feel like with you, I mean, who knows who's looking at your stuff at any point? Not that you should think only about those people, but you know, you know, you have all these calling cards. It's like, this is what I do. This is my experience. This is uh, what I'm comfortable with. And I think people can go, great, we need someone like that on this show, especially if it's a comedy, right? So, and I think that that works really, really well together. I think that there's something to be said of people in the industry looking through your social media going, this is a real in and of itself. This is just what she's capable of doing and and she has her own style that she's really perfected, that she knows really well, and she's creative, and she comes up with this, and she's talented. And, like, I think people often, especially actors, ask themselves, well, what do I post? You know, if I don't have anything that I've booked in a while, if I don't have anything of of note to post on social media, but but this is what you can post. You can act. You can literally act every day. You can create these roles for yourself. And and it doesn't have to be a whole short film. It doesn't have to be a whole feature film. It can be as simple as, you know, a video where you have a character, you have a role, you have a perspective, you have lines that you've created for yourself. Do you ever improvise your own stuff too? Or is it all usually written down? Most of it's written, but I have... I've definitely improved yeah. some stuff. Like, I think yeah. it's just the nature of the beast a little bit. Yeah. But that makes sense. Because you just start and I think and you too, keep going. Yeah. yeah. I think, too, um, this – I feel like this sounds so lofty or whatever. But, like, as actors, we're storytellers, right? Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the times we're like, oh, well, what do we do? We, wanna, we have this story that we want to tell. Just literally tell it. <laughs> just yeah. put your phone up. It's still acting. Like you're still still acting, telling a story about your life, especially if it's vulnerable, especially if it's something embarrassing, something that like, I swear it's the most fulfilling thing in the world. When I put out a post that I'm like, this is, this is a little exposing. (laughs) This is not, I don't know that I love certain people seeing this. And then I get a DM from someone being like this. Oh my God. Yes, absolutely. This is, I feel the same way about this. I did. I did a video like a few years back and it was another pivotal thing. Um, it was kind of after I made that choice to follow that North Star. So it was really great timing. I did a video about like how hard it is for women to orgasm and yeah. just like, <laughs> I mean, it's this dumbest. And like, I was like, I have people like people who taught me in middle school that followed me on social platforms. Like, I don't know that I want them to see that, but. Here I am exposing this weird thing that I have issues with. The amount of DMs that I got from people being like, oh my God, I feel so seen by this. I was floating on cloud nine for like six months after that. Aww. And it's it's not why you should do it, but it is why we do what we do. You know, and ultimately yeah. like we, we're telling stories of stories that can't be told or we're, we're trying to relate to people together, find unity, find that community and build it. And I think- there's so many ways to do it. Do it yeah. quantity. Do see how what feels the most natural to do. Right. Um, but as long as that North Star is true to you, I don't know. It's so it's just so fulfilling. It, it, and it it's there's ups there's pros and cons. <laughs> there's, there's definitely ups and downs. there's, there's the pros downs and cons with everything. But there's yeah. just there's something about what you're doing that just feels so empowering, so taking back some of the power that we give so much to the people who hire us, right? There's this mm. element of like, I don't need to wait for you to do what I love. And I think it's in a way connecting with something that we love. You know, like maybe we all started, I don't know if everyone's like us, but you know, maybe we started out going, we really love doing this. This is really fun. And there's an element that sometimes it borders on or passes the point where you're like, this is stressful because, you know, you're going in, you're getting rejected all the time. You're not booking the thing. You're putting all this work into an audition and then you don't get it. And you're just you like, you feel crazy. You feel, you crazy. feel insane. 
you feel yeah. insane. You feel invalidated. You don't feel liked. Like there's just this element of like, well, someone else has to hire me in order to do what I love to do. Or someone mm-hmm. else has to give me an audition to even try to do the thing that I love to do. But mm-hmm. I love the fact that you just do what you love to do. You put it out there and, you know, it, it takes time, but like there is incredible validation. I mean, some of your videos have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of views. There's millions of people's watching you. I mean, that's insane, but that's yeah, you. Fine. You did that. It's not like someone else gave that opportunity to you and you were like, well, yeah, I was on a TV show and so I got some followers. No, you built that. And, and that's something that people can't take from you. And I think that's, I don't know, super empowering, super wonderful. And like something that I, I hope you give yourself credit for because not many, not enough people, but not many people do that. Not many people get over that hump of that anxiety of the judgment of other people, of the stress of the, of the fear that comes with being vulnerable. And you do that and you do that on a regular basis. And it's pretty freaking amazing. That's so nice. I'm trying, I'm fighting the urge to say something self-deprecating or like fart just to make it seem, just to make myself seem uh, more lower class. Um, I I really appreciate you saying that. But I think what's so crazy is that literally anyone can do what I do. And a lot of people can do what I do better than me, quite frankly. Like there are people out there who are way funnier, who are much better writers, who are much more, have much better comedic timing. But they are scared that people aren't going to think that their first thing that they do is incredible, so they won't do it. And that's what sucks. Because you're, I mean, at that point, you're depriving the world of so much joy. (laughs) So for our sake, if you have things, if you have any sort of creative voice, uh, put it out there. It's kind of rude not to. (laughs) It's kind of rude to just deprive people of that. That's what I'm saying. Don't be selfish. And I think, too, when you were talking about... um, uh, I don't even remember what you're talking about, but it, in my in my it brain, was good we were, though, whatever it was, it was so good. It was, great. It was, it was genius, quite frankly. After but, I complimented you, it just like everything before just completely disappeared. I get it. Oh, uh, that's so bad, but it's so true. <laughs> it is so true because my brain was going in so many places. Like, how do I negate this? Nope, stay present and take it. And then, yes. all right, now how do I make a joke about how that's not true at all? And again, yeah. I I really did want to fart or something so stupid, but. I think also creating content is very similar to whenever you can hit that, whenever you hit that realization, it really sinks in that you go to an audition to give them what you have, not to give them what they need or what you think that they need or want, because you'll never be able to know. You'll never be able to know going into an audition or sending in a self tape exactly what they're looking for. There's just no way to to know. Even if they tell you, they could be, they might not know. They could change their minds. They could change their mind. Like it's, you'll never know. So all you can do is just put what you want to put onto it, right? That's your art. That's what you want to do. And that's literally all you have control over. And it's the same with creating content, just, you know, dumb videos on social media. Like I, I think some, there was a point in time where I was like, I'm going to create videos for uh, people in the industry, like what, what someone who was like a cool director or casting director or whatever, like if they see this, that is, this is for them. I guess who never saw any of those videos, probably those people. Cause the, who knows? I did a, an impression of Hillary Duff. Like a, this was like a million years ago. I think I actually I've posted it. recently, but yeah, I see so, the recent post about it. So, oh, it wasn't that. I'm so sorry I lied. Um, that was just me bragging, I guess, about my impression of Lerda. I did a video a while back about um, like millennials versus Gen Z, right? Mm. So random. But Lena Dunham reposted that video. If if you and I, I like, I think Lena Dunham's like incredibly talented. If you would have been like, hey, can you write a write a video for Instagram that Lena Dunham is going to repost? It would have looked nothing like that. And I've had the randomest people. um, Taika Waititi liked one of my videos. And I think it was like another one of those like Gen Z. It was was some video that was like, this one? This is the one that you've seen my face doing this video. Again, if you've been like, hey, create a video for Taika Waititi. I've been like, first of all, let me, I'm sweating and not breathing. So give me a second. Yeah. Um, But also, 
it would have looked nothing like that. And it's, I think it's so funny. So you never, it's the same concept. I have no idea what dumb video I'm going to do about my feet, about having bunions that who knows someone's going to see and be like that. I need that girl. That girl's hilarious or that girl's fits the bill or whatever it may be. You have no idea. Or somebody that I'm going to do that's literally going to stop someone from doing something bad or like make their day. You know, I think it's, they're not mutually exclusive either, but they're, I don't know. I just think you can never guess what video is going to do well or what video is going to serve any sort of purpose or move your career forward or anything like that. Just like you don't know what audition is going to change your life either. It's the same thought. It's the same stuff. I want to tell you guys all about Cave Day, which I've been absolutely loving the last few months. I joined Cave Day after reading Atomic Habits by James Clear. You might have even heard me mention Cave Day during the Atomic Habits five-part miniseries. Cave Day are group-focused sessions led on Zoom that focus on monotasks. So have you ever had a task where you constantly feel just distracted by Instagram, your phone, text messages, TikTok? It takes you forever to do something super simple. Cave Day asks you to put your phone somewhere where we can't see it and focus on the one task ahead of you for the period of time you're in the cave. I take it one step further and use one of their weekly planning workshops to decide on my goals for the week breaking them down into monotasks, and planning out my week of caves so I can get it all done. I've never been so productive. You can do one, you can sign up for one, two, or three hour long sprints, depending on the task in front of you. And it doesn't even have to be work. Let it be that yoga session you keep pushing off, or meditating, or making a fun lunch, but have other people there to be accountable. I work from home and sometimes, especially with this podcast, it often feels like I'm doing everything on my own. So logging into these focus sessions, seeing other people work, using cave day strategies and techniques and routines that help me stay on top of it. I feel like it's just a no brainer. Join me today. Try the first month for only a dollar or your first three months for only $40. I get so much work done in the cave without feeling burned out. The link is in my show notes for the discount. I did want to ask what your process is and also in terms of like, do you just use your phone and like a ring light to shoot your stuff? Like, what is your, oh, I love that. She's yeah. nodding for people who are not hearing. She's, uh, yeah. yeah, I think that's important for people to know that like, it's that easy in terms oh, of girl. setup. It's, it's me and my ring light in my office. I do, I got this like two bedroom because I was like, I need to differentiate because I was doing it like in my living room. I was like, I need a space. Um, and I'm, I'm privileged enough that I can afford a two bedroom in this economy, but I, I come into my office and I go against this ugly, this ugly tan wall, whatever this may be. It's the same exact tan wall that I had years ago before I moved. Same tan wall. So let's, it's the same thing. Um, consistency is key. And, um, I put my ring light up and I blast out my face so that my teeth look white and my eyes look bright. And I talk to myself. And I think what's important to note, I think a lot of, I think originally, a lot of social media people may or may not have been introverts. And then there were us actors who I think actors tend to be a little more extroverted um, because that's our life, right? Like we're, we're on and we're on set and we're alive. And I'm sure there's definitely exceptions to that rule. There's definitely exceptions, but yes, I agree. Definitely exceptions, but I will speak for myself. I know that I'm definitely more of an introverted person. I like being around people. I don't like being alone for long periods of time. I like, I get energy from people, right? In the specific definition of it. So a lot of the hurdles that I've had to deal with over the past year doing this as a career and doing it a lot is I'm alone a lot of the time. So dealing with, all right, how do I, because you don't think you are because it's, you know, you see someone making these videos and you're like, oh, they're, they're getting views, they're getting likes, they're getting comments, they're interacting. But it's not at all like interacting with a human being, obviously. So I have to build in these times where I like 
go to Target in the middle of the day and just talk to someone who works at Target for a little bit, just so I don't feel like I'm going crazy because you are just staring at yourself. Um, so I think that that's the hurdle that I'm kind of dealing with a little bit now that I'm, now that I do it so often. I think that's also why I bang it out, do it Monday and Tuesday. And that way, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday, I can go to a coffee shop. I can go, yes. I can go be around people. And you also have longer term videos for YouTube as well, where like other people are sometimes in those videos. Yes. Yes. That's what I'm trying to. So that's yeah. uh, exactly what I'm trying to do now is do more sketch videos, um, a little longer form. Um, I'm doing a short later this year. I'm helping other friends with their shorts, all the stuff, right? Because I think, um, is it going to be, is it going to change anyone's career? Probably not. Yeah. But am I going to love going to work, quote unquote, that day? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to love it. I'm going to, I'm going to leave after being on any sort of set, uh, so fulfilled. Mm. And I think that that is so important to remember. Because the social media stuff, for the most part, is what I do for money. And the long-term goal is to create a show and to, yeah. you know, this all the stuff that I, a lot of us actor creators want anyways. That is the long-term goal. And then when I get there and I have my – I have set and I have actors and I have writers. Like, that's going to be amazing. Yeah. But until we get there, <laughs> for me, it's a lot of, okay, how do I just go make this dumb video, even if it's half-baked? But I need to be on a set, so I'm going to make one. And I'm going to put our phones up, and I'm going to take my ring light, and I'm going to blast it on us, and I'm going to have us do this very mediocre little interaction thing that might not be that funny because I need it I today. mean, hundreds of thousands of people are looking at it, so it has to be somewhat funny, <laughs> right? But even if it's – But, the but point even is if it didn't, that's not the point. I get it. Even if it's not, I, agree. I think I think sometimes – because I, I guess that's the hurdles. I used to be scared because I – once you start getting those bigger views, then you're like, well, I can't do any video that doesn't also get those views. Right. But especially for a platform like TikTok, and this is uh, – maybe this is a little too insular inside baseball or whatever, but a platform like TikTok is algorithm-based. Yeah. Where a platform like Instagram is a little more follower-based uh, with nodes of both. But TikTok is ve- like very, very algorithm. Like you have to feed this algorithm a certain way. And so sometimes there are videos that I do that I'm like, well, that's my previous video got a million views. This video is only getting like 5,000. Oh, no, that's bad. Maybe I shouldn't create a video unless it's going to get a million views. But that's just not how it works. Like, that's just not how you you should survive. You don't know which one is going to get a million views. You just kind of have to keep, again, like the, the 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 quantity thing. You just have to keep putting stuff out there and some take and some don't. But... You, yep. I really admire this this trait you have that that all of us have the ability to cultivate, but you have, which is the ability to create on your own without having to be given that opportunity. Um, and I think that that trait is the type of trait that gets people to have their own shows and to become showrunners and stuff like the Issa Rays. And I had another person on the podcast who also did something similar. My phone's ringing. Um, Ben Giroux was also a mentor on the podcast and he's a series regular on two animated shows right now. And he's pitching his stuff to showrunners and like, not to showrunners, to producers, to be a showrunner. But he was telling me, like, he started off very similarly, right? Like, he started off just creating stuff with his friends, and then they bailed. And so he was like, okay, I'll just create my own stuff now. And then he, like, it was slow and steady. And then he got, like, one big project that went viral, and then that propelled a lot of stuff. And, like, it just gave back to him into his own creativity in a way that, like, even when he went in for an audition, he felt like a more confident actor because he was like, I know what works. I know what does well for me. I know, I know this, this part of my personality. They always say, bring in your personality or make strong choices. And sometimes it's really hard for people to go, I don't know how to be creative on this one. I don't know how to make strong choices, but you've developed this muscle of going, I know what works for me. I know what I'm really good at. I know what, I know what's funny. I know like how to, what part of my personality it can lend itself well to this particular character. And mm-hmm. I think you don't get that unless you do what you're doing, which is putting out all these videos. And I, I was thinking too, when you were talking about um, the previous guest you had on, I think not only do you learn a lot about yourself doing videos by yourself, <laughs> yeah. uh, you can also learn a lot about how people perceive you and what kind of stuff 
how to, how to kind of find that Venn diagram mix of what you have to offer and what people want to see you give. Mm. Um, which I think if you're any sort of creator, especially if you want to go create a show for me, all of the shows that I have in my head, I can back them up by views on social media. Yeah. And a lot of people can't do that, but I, for, for me, I was like, that's all I got. <laughs> that's all yeah. the leverage I've got. I've never, I've never created a successful show. I've never created a show before. So like I did a web series. We've all done a web series, but I've never done the only thing that I have to even somewhat justify the need for this in the world. Cause that's, I feel like that's always a produce. Like, why does the world need this? Which is such a, I hate the question, but it's an important question to ask if you're going to spend money on something and right. get it. But you show, oh, I did this, I did this video about how hard it is for us to find the best avocados. And here is a woman who can't seem to find the best avocados. Now she's going on a rampage to kill everyone who owns an avocado farm. And it's, you know, so it's a revenge, whatever, right? Yeah. Like that's a horrible idea. No one make that show, please. Um, but I think you have, this is what this audience of, in my case, like whatever, a couple hundred thousand want, have like shown some interest in. And I think that's really important. It's a really important guideline too. Cause sometimes it, it can feel like you're just throwing spaghetti at the wall. Yeah. And at least this is cultivated spaghetti. And Absolutely. The, and the last thing that I'll say about that too, is I, I do feel like a lot of the times when I was going into audition back, back when we went, actually went into audition rooms, I feel like I would go into audition rooms looking for validation or I would send in a self tape looking for validation. I'd be like, what do they yeah. think? Do they think, do they think I'm good? Um, I'd always ask for feedback, which feedback is great, but I would ask for feedback for them to tell me that I was good. I wasn't asking for criticism. I wasn't asking for how to improve. I was like, tell tell me how great I am. That's what I wanted. And that's why I asked for it. And I think since I started creating my own stuff, there, if I'm just being completely honest, there is a validation to putting stuff out and people receiving it that I no longer need from self-tapes. And I think that has been so huge for me. It's been so, cause I'm such a people pleaser. I'm so, like, I want everyone to like me, all of that. And I think that's not going to go away and I'm working on it. <laughs> Spent a lot of money in therapy. She's great. My therapist. Um, but that doesn't go away. And I think finding a somewhat healthy place to get it by creating something and 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 you yourself feeling seen and validated by something that you've created is so much easier and more fulfilling than giving this thing to this one casting director and and needing that validation from them when they're too busy to give it to you. Yeah. <laughs> and there's other people who want to give it to you because they want to give that validation to you because of what yeah. you've done for them, which is make them laugh or make them feel seen or whatever. Does that make yeah. sense? Am I making sense? Totally makes sense. Okay. I think it's incredibly important. Just the idea that we are all looking for validation when we do most things in life, especially as actors. But I think that you're right. I think that there's a validation, but also a confidence that I think comes with you not having to, to like look at everything that you make with that sort of, response or, or hopeful to get that response. Um, I just wanted to ask, cause I saw in some of your videos that you do have these like sponsored posts. Mm -hmm. Do you reach out to people like now that you have this platform or did people reach out to you or is it a combination of both? Great question. Thanks. Uh, yes, I do. I think it's it, when people ask me or when, when I say that I make money off of social media, that is what I mean. I, yeah. The money that you make from just posting videos and getting views is very, very minimal. And I don't yeah. know if people know that, but that's it, unless you're getting like 10 million views a video, there's no, you can't make good money off that. Um, so yes, so branded videos is how you make any semblance of money. I, for a long time, would just do it myself and companies would reach out to me. They'd either DM me on Instagram or they'd, I have my email linked and they would email me and they'd be like, here's this campaign that we're doing. And they would ask for rates and blah, 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 blah. And I had to kind of figure out how to, luckily I have, I worked in marketing in like corporate okay. areas for a while, kind of in and out. So I, I am fortunate enough to be kind of somewhat well-versed in talking to ad agencies. So that was really helpful. But 
yeah, it was like a lot of like reviewing your own contract and blah, 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 blah. And then I just signed with a company in December, um, oh. just a social media manager company. And they've been great. They're wonderful. Um, great group of gals. And so they now are taking on any sort of inbound inquiries. And they're also pitching me. They have a whole pitch deck, very similar to like an acting manager. They have a little pitch yeah. deck of stuff that you've done. And when there's a project or when there's a campaign for this, they'll send out your pitch deck and they'll be like, she's, here's what she can offer you and here are her rates and blah, 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 blah. And then you kind of create, I write all of them. I think people maybe don't know that either. I They give you kind of parameters mm. and then you have to come up with co- your own idea for yes. how to advertise come out, it. Yes. It's all, it's you, very rarely are they like, here's an idea, put your spin on it. That's like, hey, can you, uh, we have sunglasses can you make people buy sunglasses? <laughs> we have sunglasses that go from day to night. Can you make that cool? And you're like, okay, how did I make that fit with my audience, with my tone of voice, um, right. with this platform? It's, it's, it is hard, but it's also, I say that with a grain of salt because it's also relatively easy um, and fun sometimes Good. to kind of I'm figure glad. out the puzzle of it. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it's super creative for someone to be like, here, he, hey, here's this product. How do I, and then how do you kind of add your own voice and come up with an idea of you that, that I mean, I think I remember there was one recent one that you posted and I'm going to forget the name of the, the company, but I remember like it was a millennial thing where like millennials ordering and you were ordering something and you're like oh it was it was dollar shave club yeah 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 yeah. yeah. And so i remember just being like "Ooh, she just like subtly put that one in there where it wasn't it didn't seem like it was about that at all and then all of a sudden you're like well it's as convenient and as easy as buying from dollar shave or like i'm cheap and i mm. want to spend like save money and buy from dollar shave club or something like that and i remember yeah. just thinking like huh well done but i know that came from you it's not like they told you to do it that exact way no, they're like, hey, we have cheap razors. Write a bride sketch. <laughs> You're like, okay. Um, I think, and they were a great company to work with. You know, you have everyone. There's a spectrum of agencies who are adapting to the format that is social right. media, right? Some people are still, they still want TV commercials on social media. And you have to kind of like fight with them a little bit. And be like, this is, no one's going to watch this. Yeah. Um, so I think... They, they were really great. They were like, do whatever you want. And it was, I was able to be pretty subtle about it and stuff like that. But I do, I try really hard to, because nobody wants to watch, I don't like watching ads. Nobody likes watching ads. So unless they're actually entertaining, why would I watch it? So I feel like for every ad that I do, I try to go above and beyond. Like, how can I give, because I'm getting paid for this. So how can I give my audience something with this as well? Like, how yeah. can I give... How can I make this hopefully extra special for them? Because it's already going to be somewhat detracted from because it's an ad. And they're already going to feel it's super like... super cool. I loved listening to it. I loved seeing your creativity with it. But um, but yeah, some people and do yeah, really, really well. It's the same thing for auditions too, dude. Like, yeah. make a choice. Yeah. Even if someone's like, that was freaking weird. Yeah. Great. Give someone something to think about. Like, oh. Did that make sense? Or was that weird or whatever, right? And and I know we don't do it for the sake of being different. But like give someone something in an audition, whether that's like a funny button or just like a very unique choice that they get to think about or they get to wake up from or they get to whatever. I don't know. I think that giving is always the answer in any. <laughs> yeah. Well, I also think for auditions, like I think that there's probably something that you bring to an audition where you're like, not only is this, this is my choice, but this is the style that I bring to it, you know? And, yeah. and obviously you're an actor, you can do a lot of other things too. But I think there's something to be said about being very good and very confident about the thing that you're already good at and that you know mm-hmm. does well. Um, and even if that's not right for that role, they'll have that if it's, if you're doing it well and if you're confident enough in it, they're going to bring you in potentially for something else that actually is right for that style and is right for that voice. And that's the mm-hmm. idea, I think, in the long run anyway. We're supposed to look at like booking the room and the, and the casting director, not necessarily the role all the time because the role is almost, you know, the odds are not in your favor. So book the, mm-hmm. book the room, have them go, okay, great. She's not right for this role, but like, man, I know exactly who she is. I know exactly what she's trying to do. I know her humor really well. Oh, I could look up her social media and I see that she knows how to do this very, very well. When I have something that's perfect for it, you're not going to even really need to audition for it. It's just so you. And by the way, if you're, if you're not you, 
they're not going to call you in for something else. They're going to be like, because right. I don't know, I don't know about you. Did you, did you ever have this moment? Cause I always felt like if something, if the person was a nurse, if the person was a doctor, I, she, she's, she's a smart girl. She's, she doesn't make jokes. She doesn't make quirky faces. She's a doctor. She's a lawyer. She's yeah. a business lady. So I've got to be very poised and, right. and whatever it may be. And I would do this thing where I'd put on whatever I thought that character might be. And people would always say, like, bring yourself to it or whatever. Right. But in my head, I was like, well, no, no, no. I'm a character actor. Okay. Right. I'm going to morph into this thing. Yeah. And it's you're not even going to know who I am. And I'm yeah. going to speak in an accent the whole time. And you're going to be like, she is the character. And that's great, yeah. the people that do that. But, like, what's in the in the binary world that we live in, the other option is that you're a movie star. And that's what you're fighting against. In the world where you can either be a character actor or a movie star, you're you're choosing to not put yourself into something because you don't want to be a movie star. It makes no sense. Like, put your weird – I do this thing that I've noticed. And when you start doing videos, you start noticing different things yeah. about your face. I talk, like, out of the side of my mouth sometimes. And I would be really self-conscious about it early on in auditions, just looking at self-tapes. I'm like, okay, just make sure I don't do that thing. And then at some point I was like – Listen, if SNL is ever going to do an impression of me, they're going to need stuff. I'm going to have to they're so they're going to need the fuel for it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they need content and they need me to be doing these specific weird things in order for them to do that impression of me. But also, and it's such a I dumb way of thinking that. about it. No, it's not a dumb way of thinking about it. I think it's specific like let's say going back to your doctor example, the doctor version of you. You always thought that the and I it can really relate to this too, but the doctor version of you is the serious like doctor professional, whatever that means. But really the doctor version of you is actually like the one that has all these little personality quirks too, right? You're going to just be a doctor doing all the stuff that you do anyway. And then, you know, it doesn't mean you have to perform or put on what you think a doctor is. It's the doctor version of who you are right now, yep. which you actually seem to have a very strong idea of who you are and what your comedy is and what your style is. And I think it's what people need to bring to auditions, not necessarily what they think people need from a doctor. All yes. The time. yes. I think it's, I think I feel like, cause I'm 32. I just turned 32 like on Saturday. I think, I, I think it really did just take for me somehow like entering into my 30s was I'm sure there's so many other factors but there really was like what well, I feel like once I entered my 30s I had a better idea of who I was and that made me be like oh no the doctor version of me is literally just me who went to med that's school that's like that, that's the only difference I and I think the confidence before I would be like oh this woman's a very successful news analyst or news anchor or whatever and I would be like, well, I could never be that. Like, I would never be able to be successful at that. And I think it took me to be just honestly being in my 30s to be like, no, I could absolutely be a news anchor. Like, I'm smart enough and I could, if I wanted to, I could. And I think, I don't know how to expedite that process, uh, but it, I think just time, just that confidence of, again, knowing who you are, questioning who you are, lots of therapy, all of that stuff. And you're just and like, trial no, and I error. absolutely trial and error you know i absolutely like doing could it be any of these things and also like i could by the way i could tell jokes and also be a serial killer those things are not mutually exclusive well <laughs> i know this because i am one. Are you? Um, <laughs> why can't i be smiley and goofy why can't i be l woods going into an audition for a serial killer a hundred percent I don't like why not? Because you put in what would make you want to kill people. You put in that idea of whatever it may be, right? Like uh, if you're uh, uh, what's it called, sociopath, psychopath. Mm -hmm. Like sociopath if you just have no empathy, but right, like all those factors you put in when you do your work for the audition, blah blah blah. But she could be, she could be goofy. She could make she jokes. Could be so she could goofy. She could be so charming. She doesn't have to walk in looking like the chick from Monster. She could be hot. She could be stylish. Like, that, tis not me. Tis not, I'm not the stylish person. But I think uh, these constrictions that we put on these characters to make them other. And I think some of that is like, the more other they are, the more work that I'm doing and the more seriously that I'm taking it. 
And those things aren't necessarily true. I think the work is figuring out how you can put yourself in these things that you've never had to put yourself in more so. Well said. (laughs) Well said. Well, in the interest of time, because I really feel like I could probably talk to you for a long time. So I'll have to stop it now. But um, thank you so much. This has been such a lovely conversation. I feel like I've learned a lot. I feel inspired and like, you know, hopefully the next couple of weeks you'll see a lot of like new reels and new videos that I'm putting up. And part of it's from this and from- Please do. And if you can feel free to reach out anyone who's listening, if anyone wants to reach out and ask questions, I don't know. I don't, again, I'm not any sort of like guru, but I, I love to help in any way that I can. So you are an expert in, in this, by the way, <laughs> I would say that you are an expert in this field. Mm, so Okay. I'll try to take that. Yeah, it's Thank true. You. <laughs> Think about it. You, you're putting so much work and attention and time and energy into doing something. You've, you're doing it really well. That's an expert. I think three years ago, me would be proud of me. And Good. that's that's what I care about. So that's nice. All right. Well, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, Michelle. This was so lovely. This is so great. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Mentors on the Mic. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with a friend in entertainment you know would love it. Let me know what you've learned or what stayed with you on our Instagram at mentors on the mic. I love reading your messages. Uh, you can also find me at, at Michelle Simone Miller on Instagram. On both accounts, I'll be sharing even more information about our mentors. Talk to someone about what you learned today who would really appreciate it and send them the episode. Also, if you love the show, please go ahead and leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It really makes a huge difference in growing this. It makes it easier for people to find our podcast, and I love reading your reviews. So thank you so much, and I'll see you next week.